MLM Nation, episode 696. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. If you love this show, you're going to love my daily pep talk. It's free for everyone. It's a quick two, three-minute motivation every single day at 8.25 a.m. to get you going. You can catch it live. You can catch it recorded on my Instagram channel or on my Simon Chan. It's free for everyone. Hey, I'm here to motivate you and pump you up, and I look forward to seeing you on my daily pep talk. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Troy Landwehr. Hey, Troy, are you ready to make it happen? Hey, I'm ready, Simon. It's a real honor to be on your platform, and I appreciate I know you got a big following, and I'm happy to be here. Troy Landwehr was in the insurance and retirement planning industry before he got started in network marketing in 1998. Over 20 years later, he has earned millions in lifetime commissions and has built teams of over hundreds of thousands of distributors. Currently, he's a consultant to various network marketing companies. Troy credits his success to his obsession of studying success and successful people. So welcome to the show, Troy. I've given everyone a brief intro, but please take us back to your past. How did you get started in network marketing in 1998? Well, you know, again, I want to thank you for having me on your platform. I'm a big fan. I love tuning in because I believe that success leaves clues and you've interviewed some of the most successful people in the industry and I'm a student like anyone else is. I want to learn. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, because I'm a big fan. Uh, I started in 1998. I wasn't that successful in my first two companies, three companies, but it was certainly certainly uh, a good learning experience for me, Simon. So what were some of the mistakes you made when you first started your first company in 1998? Yeah, some of my first mistakes is I wasn't coachable. You know, I wasn't following a system. And I believe that every every company has uh, a success system, a success formula. And because I didn't follow the system, uh, the other thing is I think success leaves clues. And so um, you, if you want to be successful in anything, you got to be obsessed with studying the successful people. And I think that if I were to do it over, that's what I would have done. I would have been obsessed with studying successful people. And how did you, um, who introduced you to network marketing? And, and you were working in uh, insurance and retirement at the time, correct? Yeah, I had a friend at uh, up in Maine. I'm from Maine originally, and 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 he came up upon uh, up and said, "Are you open minded to taking a look at something?" And I did. I went back to the hotel meetings back in those days, and I saw it and got very very excited about the um, leveraging your time. Couldn't afford to start my own business. I didn't have money. I was broke, and uh, um, you know, started insurance and retirement planning around that time. But I realized the power of making money off the work of other people and making residual income. And so it really spoke to me when I when I attended that meeting. So you joined immediately right after the meeting? Yeah, it took me a day or two uh, to get the funds together and to think, can I do this? Um, you know, because I was nervous. I'd never done anything like this before. Um, and But pretty much within 24 hours, I was ready to go. So you said you weren't coachable. That's why you struggled. So give me some examples of what it means to be uncoachable. Well, I'm a salesman. Right. And I feel like some salespeople struggle in this industry because they try to take their talents and rather than following a system. Right. 
they try to sell their way to the top. And so that's what I did. I was selling people all the time and it was sales, sales, sales. You know, you have two ears and one mouth. You should use them in that proportion and, and ask people what they're looking to get out of the business. What are they, why would they be looking? Uh, what do they like about their job? What, what, what do they not care for, right? And so I kept just selling about all the money and the income and the products. And I just sold, sold, sold and talked to everybody instead of listening to what they really needed and what was hurting them in life. Because I think this industry is more about education than selling. And I think a lot of salespeople aren't coachable because they've had success selling their way to the top. And uh, I think some salespeople struggle with that. So how many years, you say you uh, for your first two companies, you struggled. How many years were you struggling about? Uh, over 10. <laughs> over 10. I'm sorry to bring in the pain out here. Uh, 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 10, 15 years of failure, you know, 10, I would say, I'd say 12 years to be exact of complete failure. But to me, it wasn't failing. To me, it was learning and that, and, and some people get a grip on that sooner, Simon. But to me, every one, every contact I made, every relationship that I acquired allowed me to learn what not to do is as important and what to do. And I think in anything in life, whether it's you know, uh, network marketing, multi-level marketing, knowing what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do. And it took me a long time to learn what not to do. So give me some things that are, you should not do. Well, I think, um, you know, I think that trying to create your own system, I think thinking that if you're successful, uh, you, you know, if you're, if you're LeBron James, okay, you're successful at basketball. But if you're if you're going to go play golf, I would listen to Tiger Woods. Right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, just because you're successful, you may have success principles. And that's something you can build on is having your success principles. But it's important to follow the success formula of people that have been there before you. And just because if you own a car dealership and you're you're massive successful it doesn't mean that you're going to take those same philosophies at your car dealership and apply it over to a completely different industry. You've got to be very, very coachable and teachable. And so I think if you're playing team sports, the one of the things that, um, you, you know, it's not always the best teams that win, but the teams that play together the best is because they're coachable and they're teachable. And I think as uh, and you see teams that are stacked, we talked about the Yankees, Red Sox. You know, you've got to be able to be part of a team and part of being about a team is taking you out of the equation and being completely coachable. If it's all about you, it, it, it's really not going to go far. And unfortunately, I think I'm um, I'm very caring and I'm a giving person. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. But I think because I was desperate when I was doing network marketing, I made it all about me and I wasn't coachable and I wasn't embracing the team atmosphere. So what was a turning point, aha moment that you had that all of a sudden things really start taking off for you? You know, I was in a company um, and, you know, I think timing sometimes is more important than talent. But I think that your network is worth more than your net worth. The people you hang out with, and I'm going to get to this point, the people you hang out with and you uh, are around your life is, is really important. And let me, let me say this, I'm going to get to this, Simon is that you are a seed, okay? And your seed is full of potential. But if you plant your seed in bad soil, it's not gonna grow. And you need to get yourself around quality people. 
You need to get yourself around a quality environment and a positive environment, or your seed is going to be limited on how much it grows. When I got involved, and the answer to your question is when I got involved in a company, I saw some friends, in my opinion, that were in the same company that were making way more money than me, and I thought they had less talent than I did. And so I said, my gosh, why are these guys making so much more money than me? I feel like I have better contacts. Well, some of it is timing. They had better timing than me because they positioned themselves because they were in that network. And so um, I felt like in the company, every company has um, momentum and sometimes it, it starts declining. And one of the hardest things to do is recognizing that you got in at the wrong time, right? And so I, I, I had an aha moment when I realized this company is probably not going to work for me. But I said, I learned so much from this company and I'm so grateful, even though I felt like the company was on a decline, because I said, I know what to do now. And hopefully God will put the right opportunity in my path because I know right now that if I had the right company, I could take everything I've learned and apply it uh, to, a, to the right company for me. How do you know whether the timing is right for a company? And especially, I'm asking this, you do a lot of consulting for companies now. How do you know? Simon, I, I, I love that question. That's, that is delicious. Um, you know, this is a sensitive question that you're asking. Um, when people decide whether they're joining a company or whether they have to leave that company, it's a tough decision. And it's a tough decision to ever leave a company because we are all emotional people and we have relationships. And if we leave that company, we feel like we're giving up. And a lot of people don't recognize if a company is on a decline. And here's, here's what I would tell people is this, a couple of things. There is nothing worse than being involved in a company when you're trying to keep your check afloat, but you don't believe in the company. So here's what I would recommend. One is, do you believe in the leadership of the company? And if you, have, if you don't believe in the leadership of the company, it's very hard to stay there. And that's on the distributor side and on the corporate side. Do you believe that the company has the ability to make changes, to become better. And the, and the essence in that question is, you know, and let me say this, and do you believe in the product or service? Do you still believe that the products are as good that when you sign up for? Did you sign up for the income opportunity? Would you use these products um, still? Because in, in this industry, products become tired. I don't care what product you have. Eric Worre told me this, and I love it. He goes, the product you start with is probably not the product you're going to finish with strong, right? And every product, it gets tired. So if you don't have a constant flow of good products coming into your company or good services, every product can become tired and reach its point. And the other thing is this, and this is really hard. When you realize that if it, my name's Troy Landware, right? If I can't go out and recruit another Troy Landware, right? If I can't go to Simon and say, Simon, I want to be able to recruit you. You don't believe that they can have the success that you had. It's very hard to build there anymore. And so if you honestly think, if you start seeing people, they're not promoting anymore in the company, they're not rank advancing, there's not as many new starts, and, or if there's one organization that owns the international market, typically in a company that does a billion dollars a year, there's only one or two organizations that override the whole international market. And that's a fact. If you look at some of the biggest companies, 
And if you feel like you can't grow, if you feel like there's there's no growth anymore and there's nobody rank advancing, and that's what you have to look at is your company. Are they getting rank advanced? Number one, okay? How many new starts? How many promotions? How many rank advancements? You have got to watch this. Where are the rank advancements coming from? Are they coming from just one or two organizations? Are they coming from one uh, country? That's important. Number two is how long is it taking people to rank advance? So Simon, if you came in and you got all kinds of team rank advancing in 30 days, that's great. But if a couple of years go by and now people are not hitting those ranks for six or seven months, that's a negative. And then how can they hold that rank? Are they holding that rank? A lot of people and companies, they're called the, the triple diamond onyx rank, but they're, they probably haven't held that rank for years, right? So how many people at the top rank are still at that level? And so when you look at a company, I'll finish it up here. When you look at a company, do you, say, do you believe in the corporate team? Do you see rank advancements? Are the company is growing? And here's the big thing. Do people have the same opportunity to, 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 that you had when you joined? And I've been part of companies that I said, oh my gosh, there is, I don't think people can rank advance the way I did. And if you think there's a hundred companies that are, and I'll finish here. If you think there's a hundred companies that are just as good as yours or better, then it's really hard to build in a company when you think there's better opportunities out there than the company you're building in. So let's transition to this question. So just say someone feels like, oh, I need to make a move, right? What are some immediate things that you should look for when you're shopping for a new company? Well, first of all, you got to believe, you know, I, it's, it's leadership first. Believe it or not, it's leadership, right? And I would say there's a lot of core things that have to go right when, when uh, picking a company. Number one, I want to pick the company that your friend belongs to. Most people, when they join a company, they join a company that there's a relationship. They don't investigate it. They go, oh, my friend's in this company, and they just go over there, right? And that's okay, but one is, is philosophies. I've been offered CEOs. I've been offered to be the CEO of a household. You know, a lot of companies that people know, I'll put it that way. And if you don't have the same values and philosophies as the leadership, I would say you have to stay away. So if, in any relationship, you've got to have the same philosophies and, and the same leadership. My favorite quote is from Proverbs uh, 2717 is iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. You have to have the same values. Number two, I think it's more about systems than product. So you have to look at companies that have the best systems. And I'm not saying, look, you got to believe in a product. I don't want to market, you know, a crappy product, right? But it's very important to have the right philosophies as the company, the right values, they have the right leadership in place on the distributor side and on the corporate side. If you don't have good distributors, you're going to be you're going to be in trouble. But if you don't have good corporate staff, there's going to be a weakness too. So you got to have them both. Then you got to believe in the product, yes. But what's most important is is the is the um, is is the system because systems are going to are you know I, we, you know I don't mention companies, but I'll mention Amazon. Amazon has a great system. Netflix has a great system. Uber and Lyft has a great system. They replace the industry. So in this industry, I believe where the industry got ignorant, okay, and got arrogant, and I was, and I was talking to Eric Worre about this, is that they didn't adapt to change. And so a lot of companies are really struggling now, especially in the United States, because they didn't, they got arrogant, 
People want to buy exactly. You're not going to change people's buying habits. So if network marketing companies don't look more like Netflix, if they don't look more like Airbnb, if they don't look like Lyft and Uber and Amazon, and they, it, because we are now, it's not a home business anymore. It's a phone business. The phone, the phone is the new TV, Simon. And you know this as well as anyone, Simon. You're a pro. The phone is the new TV and the TV is the new radio. So when you're going to join a company, any company in the world, it's going to be about systems. I love that. And we were talking about this uh, before we hit the record button, that you feel the profession is declining. I do. Why? Um, I feel like network marketing, um, people are, there's so many people that I know that are seven figure earners that are looking for a home and they can't find it. It's because um, network marketing, and, and I know I can make some enemies. I got some friends out there. You know, uh, you know, and I'm fr- but I, I speak the truth and, and I think they know that there, and there are some companies doing it right. Not a lot. There's very few. The reason why the industry is declining is because they didn't adapt to change. Sears did not adapt to change. Right. So many companies uh, did not adapt to Blockbuster, did not adapt to change. Blockbuster tried to buy Netflix. Right. And they did it. Now, Netflix is super way bigger than than Blockbuster. The network marketing profession, I know I mentioned Eric Worre and because I'm a fan. And Eric Worre told me that the industry's changing and people are become smart shoppers because of internet marketing and, and, and phone. And so what happens is typically in network marketing, every single product is marked up eight to 10 times what the product costs to manufacture. So whatever product you have in your in network marketing, it's marked up about eight to 10 times. It has to be to pay a commission. If you go under eight, you're really hurting your, your, your commission structure. It's going to be hard to have a company if it's not marked up eight to 10 times. And I remember being with a bunch of uh, seven-figure earners like Jesse Lee Ward in the room. I'm a big fan of hers. And he told, people, he told people this, because of online sales and because of social media and because of Amazon being able to sell products as good and sometimes better at one-third the cost, you got doctors putting out incredible products online for one third the cost. Network marketing is struggling that, to keep those eight to 10 times margins. Believe me, I know this so well that companies are having a hard time charging eight to 10 times markup because you can find those products on the internet um, that are similar for one third, one fourth the cost. And so Network marketing has to adapt to change, that people are making too much money. And so they've got to bring that down to four to five times in market. And so that's going to bring the commissions down. But what's going to happen is the retention will go back up. And what's happening, I'll close here, Simon, is that you hear a lot of people, they leave their company, right? They leave the company they're with, but they still say they, say, they, they still take the product. That's happening less and less because when people leave a company now, they can find the same product from Dr. So-and-so or from whatever online for a third or fourth of the cost. So you see eventually these uh, companies, it's just basically life and death. They have to adapt and the prices will go lower, more competitive. Well, they, they, they got to be more competitive and they got to have systems in place that mimic uh, online sales. People just want to go and click on an app and they want to buy it. They want to click on the car and have Lyft come to their door. They want to click on Netflix And so you just got to mimic the way people are doing it. And network marketing is so far behind the times right now. There's only a few companies that 
can honestly do what they're doing right now, only a few. And I'm not part of any of those companies, um, but I'm a fan. Yeah, a lot of those, uh, most companies, they still, if you click on a product, it's like a catalog page. And, you know, it's like the 1990s with the early 2000s shopping cart. It's right? the same. Right, yeah. right. it's the same. It's, it's like you go to Amazon, once you click to the shopping cart, there's only one way out. Well, most people are not, most network marketing companies are not like that. I think another thing that network marketing companies haven't made the switch is, you know, a lot of times you hear people about benefits of working at home. I, I don't know if there's such a benefit of working at home now, right? Because people are so used to working at home from pandemic. There's a lot of people I know who work at corporate America. They actually want to go back to the office because they're going crazy working together with the kids and stuff. They haven't adjusted. They realize working at home is not that great now. Yeah. Well, you know, and some people want to work from home. There's a, there's a new... That tier um, that, you know, people are Googling still, believe it or not, people are Googling like crazy work from home. Okay. A lot of people want to be home with the kids and, and some people don't want to be home with the kids. Uh, there are people that want to be home with their pets. They want to be home with their dog for crying out loud. Right. But the, but the issue is, is that the trend of network marketing where people Googling network marketing is actually going down in the United States. And I know I'm the bad guy to say that, but it's because they didn't adapt to change. But um, people want to work from home. There's a lot of people that they don't want to drive in and they're getting used because of the pandemic. There are some people, you're right, they want to get back to work and go to the office. But there's a lot of people that just want to work right from home. I think that, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So I think another, um, I guess, the competitive comparison, but back in the day, like when you guys started, like 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, um, like, you want to do you, you, your job, you want to do something, you have a home-based business, right? Or a phone business, like network marketing. Now, I think the, the real competition that we're marketing is all these other side hustles that you can do, right? Like uh, Uber, Airbnb, um, just to name, you know, online shipping or selling stuff on Amazon. It seems like that's the real competition that the network marketing has to adapt to. Well, what we're seeing right now is, um, I, I got to pick on the product space for a minute, is that products are, are really struggling because of because of online sales and because of Amazon, products are really struggling out there. There's only a few companies, like I said, that I'd go, wow. And, and I'm not trying to say I know every company. You're seeing a younger generation of services. And so if you look at some of the service companies, I'm not going to mention any service companies, but you're seeing young people like in their 20s and in their 30s, where do they gravitate to? They gravitate to technology, right? Young people. There's a lot of top earners now that are young. They're under 35. They're, heck, 35 is a dinosaur. They're old, right? And, <laughs> and I'm a lot older than that. You know, I'm 51. But, you know, it's, it, you're looking a lot of network marketers and they're, they're getting into uh, financial services, cryptocurrencies. And, and the problem with the cryptocurrencies, I love cryptocurrency. I know the number one guy in the world, Charlie Shrem. Look at, go watch Banking with Bitcoin. On, on Amazon Prime, Charlie's right there. He's number 10 and signing up. I love cryptocurrency. And there's some good cryptocurrency companies, but the majority of them you know, are scams, right? But young people don't have the pain. And there's so many network marketers that feel like orphans. They can't find a home because they can't find a product company that's caught up with the new age of Amazon and Uber and all that. But the young generation are starting to crush it but the young generation is going into services and you're seeing so many people make money in network marketing that are young. And then of course, um, there's a couple product companies that are doing well, but where are they doing well? Social media. They're crushing it on TikTok. They're, they're peaking curiosity 
without showing the name of the company or the product. And um, there's a couple of companies uh, that are just, you know, I talked to John Melton, uh, J- John Malott, John Melton, I'm sorry about it, about peaking curiosity. And John Melton is fantastic without naming the company, right? I mean, he's, he's an animal. But you, you know, you look at the youth that are crushing it on TikTok. Here, here's the thing. You don't have to do old school, you, but you can't build a business without new school. You can do old school, but you got to have new school because, you know, people are, you know, social selling more than ever. And so you've got to have people on the top of your company that can motivate and inspire, but teach the social media platforms but then the company's got to support things that look like your company looks like Amazon and Netflix and those types of things. And that's why you're seeing the young people gravitate toward technology because they can't do pro- they don't want to do product deals unless they're doing some sort of TikTok or social media stuff. So we've been a little down on the industry, right? So what, um, but you're a consultant, what gets you excited and why are you still in this? Where do you see this profession going? Well, the reason I'm a prisoner of hope, and I think it can turn around, but I just think the majority of companies got caught without adapting to change. And I think in anything in life, you got to adapt to change. You know, I used to go to church and I used to wear a suit and tie and uh, the organ was playing. And now I go to a church, there's a little guitar playing, you know, I can come in more casual. And I don't think there's anything wrong about that. I think if, if you're, you're a Bible-based church, uh, God doesn't care. But here's what I tell you, tell churches is that you don't have to change the message, but sometimes you have to change the way the message is delivered. And that's why you're seeing people adapt to change. There's nothing wrong. I go, I, my, my, when I go to church with my mom, I go to the organ music, I dress up a little bit more. Um, but there's our churches that adapted to change. There are churches that you can come in more casual. They got more Christian rock, but are they a Bible-based, uh, are they a Bible-based church, right? Well, network marketing is the same thing. Network marketing doesn't have to change the message, but they have to adapt to change a way the, the way the message is delivered. And so I think 90% of companies have not adapted to change. And that's why there's so many seven-figure earners that have this huge influence and they don't know where to build. I mean, you can be hot one minute and be a dinosaur a year later. I've seen it. I've been part of companies that have been hot and they're a dinosaur later. So why am I up on the industry? Because I think the companies can adapt to change. I've seen some companies being able to do that, that I don't earn a check. I promise I don't even have a position in these companies. They're just friends of mine. But here's why I like the, interest, the, the, the industry, Simon. I'm a gentleman that has a borderline, disability, a borderline learning disability. I barely graduated high school. I, I did not graduate from college. I flunked out. Okay. I grew up in the basement of my grandparents' house. And where else is a gentleman that doesn't have a high school degree, didn't have a lot of money, where am I else, where else can you go and, and, make, and make money, as much money as a um, brain surgeon or a rocket scientist? I mean, come on, where, what industry can you go in? I just think now more than ever that the eyes are on our industry because of social media and you gotta make sure the boxes are checked. Are they current? Do they have good distributors? that know how to train on the new wave that's coming in to attract the old people and the new people? Is the management have the right ethics? And are they willing to adapt to change? See, it's, I'll turn it back to you, Simon, again. It's not the companies that are the smartest that survive. It's the companies that adapt to change. Hmm. And if you don't have forward thinkers at the top, and if you don't have people getting better, I even asked the CEO, what books have you read? 
I asked the president of the company, who is your mentor? If you want to be the best, you better be around other top CEOs, other top, uh, you know, other top people in your field. If you want to get better in this industry, be obsessed with studying success. So that's the reason I tune into you, Simon, because all the time you're having the top people on your show that teach you about what to say, what to do. You know, I tune in, I watch things from Alex Morton. I talk to Alex Morton. I talk to uh, John uh, Melton. I, I study him. I go to YouTube and I watch their videos. I watch your show. And if you want to be successful in anything, you've got to be ex- obsessed with studying successful people. I love that. Hey, here's the uh, my favorite question. In your 20 plus years, what's your worst, worst moment in network marketing? To the point you... You even thought about quitting, but you did it. And that's why you are where you are today. Well, there are um, actually two different questions for me. The worst part, I think, of network marketing, the worst experience I've had in MLM is when you see a company that hasn't adapted to change and you know the run is over because they have the wrong leadership or the management. And even though you may love the people there, you know they're not the right people for the job. I love my mom. She's the best person I've ever met but I wouldn't want to running uh, a network marketing company that I was involved in, right? And I think the toughest thing in this industry is when you leave a company and they're your kids. Your team is your children when you really, they are. And um, I think the worst experience I've always had is when I had to leave a company and, and the people that are still there, they don't see what you see um, and they don't understand why you're leaving them, Right. And you certainly, on the way out the door, you don't want to badmouth the company. You don't want to badmouth the people. You don't want to badmouth the leadership. But my worst time was when I was part of a, one company. I had a little run, and, and, and I could see they, they, they weren't pulling around, right? And that happened again. And a lot of people weren't ready for that, right? And it's okay if you want to stay and fight through. I, uh, I'm good friends with Rita Davenport. Uh, Rita Davenport is a, I call her mom, by the way. And I think you'll allow me to mention this this name, but they went through a bankruptcy. But guess what? That company overcame. So just because I left the company doesn't mean a company can't overcome. But to overcome, to go from zero to hero again, or if it's that low, it's going to be all about people. People, when, when you want to solve a problem in life, the answer always is people. It's people. If you've got good people that have adapted to change and smart people, around you, you're going to become better. That's always the answer. And I'll just, I'll leave it to a sports analogy. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a New England Patriot fan and the Patriots were one in 15, five and 11, one in 15. Why do you have season tickets, Troy? They were cheap. I'm losing money. They're one in 15 again. First, but they changed when they changed ownership and they got Bob Kraft. And then they got Bill Parcells, a really famous coach, not Bill Belichick, but then they got Belichick and Brady. When a company is struggling, in any industry, the answer is always on top. It's the people running the company, right? Absolutely, yeah. And if those people don't adapt to change, Tom Landry, the Cowboys, won four Super Bowls, one of the greatest coaches of all time. But they had to fire him. They had to fire and People cried because he was outdated. Here, Tom Landry, you know, he's going to be known as the guy that put the Dallas Cowboys on the map. But they had to get rid of him, and they brought in Jimmy Johnson, who adapted to change, Right. And sometimes your own company hasn't adapted to change. 
And so um, that's that's the toughest thing in, in this industry, I think, is if you ever have to leave uh, a company, not everyone is going to see what you see. I love that. I love the sports analogies. And uh, to make you feel even better, I'm sure you're you know, about the New England Pats. I'm a big fan of uh, Belichick. And, you know, Brady yeah. left. Brady left. They said, oh, who's, good? who's better? Was it because Brady's success with Belichick? You know, the New England had one or two down years, and now they're right back at top. Both of right? them. And, right. oh, and then you see these NFL teams that struggle forever, decades. And New England just lost the greatest quarterback ever, greatest player ever, and they're back in the top right now. They're back in the top. So players can make a difference. And, and see, here's why I love Tom Brady. And here's why I love John Melton and I love Ray Higdon. You know why? And I love Eric Worre. The reason why is these are people that stay current. Tom Brady stayed current. Not only did Tom Brady stay current, he stayed ahead of the industry. How do you do that? What, what are you doing? You're not lifting those bulky weights. No, I'm staying lumbar. I'm staying hydrated, right? I'm staying rubbery. I don't want to get bulky and injury. You know, he's eating avocado ice cream. The reason why I love John Melton and Ray Higdon is because they stay current. Talk, John Melton talked Ray Higdon into learning about TikTok. He goes, I really don't do TikTok. And in two weeks, within two weeks, <laughs> Ray Higdon was putting out TikTok courses because he was, was obsessed. That's staying current. In today's world, 90% of companies don't stay current. They stop learning. And when you stop learning, you stop growing. Nothing in nature stays the same. Have you ever seen anything, Simon, in nature stay the same? It's either dying or it's growing. Almost nothing stays the same way. And so if you're in a business and you're leadership, and if you are the same way, by the way, and not you, but us, people. If you don't learn, if you don't continue learning, your mind is like a muscle. It needs to be worked. And if you have leadership, I've seen leadership. They made their money. And I've seen owners of companies. They made their money. And they've done nothing to grow and to get better. And that's what I like about you. You're growing. That's what I like about John Melton. That's what I like about Eric Worre. Is Eric Worre is the biggest thief of all time. And that's why I respect him. You're a thief, too. Because... You're getting around great people and you're stealing their ideas. And in life, that's what you want to do. You want to steal their ideas. We steal our ideas from Jesus and we apply his philosophies. We apply what we learn. You need to steal from other people. You need to steal from the right people. And in most industries, the top executives are not adapting to change. That's the issue in MLM. I love it. You know, um, we're either growing or we're dying. We actually never stays the same because actually every second we're getting older and older, right? We're getting worse and worse. You stop working so, out at the gym. <laughs> you don't have to stop working out, you know? Everything you put in your mouth is either a medicine or it's poison, right? And so if you get out of that zone, you know, that there was a book called The Zone, a bar called The Zone. It's saying even if you, even if you messed up, you're one right meal of getting back in the zone. You're one right exercise getting back in the zone. But you've got you can't stay apart from that zone because you start to die. You know, you start that you're either declining like nature. It's either growing or declining. So if you're away from that and your company's away from that, you've got to make sure you're around people that are better than you. You are. And I, I'll just say this. You are a seed. Like I said, you're a seed. And if you plant yourself in life around the wrong soil, it's not going to grow. But if you got other seeds in the company and they're not growing, my guess is they're in the wrong soil. They're in the wrong environment. And you're going to grow based on your environment. So here's what I would say, one of my top recommendations to anyone. 
I would call people that you respect and I'd say some like, Simon, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you um, of what you've done. Can I pick your brain? You know, almost nobody. I asked one of the richest persons I know, can I take you to lunch? He goes, what? What do you mean? He goes, I know we. Be- you don't even know me hardly. You know my face, but you don't know me. But I'd like to take you to lunch. You're very successful in what you do. And I just would love to take you to lunch and pick your brain. He goes, Troy, I'm a- he's a multimillionaire. He goes, no one's asked me to- ever that. Now, once I sit with someone successful and I just appeal to his ego, you're so successful. Can I just take you for a cup of coffee? Once you get in, the, in front of one person, this is the most powerful question I can teach you. And it's, who do you know that I should know? Who do you know that I should know? Because success leaves clues. After you get around successful people, you ask someone, who do you know that I should know? And say, well, you should go meet this person. Can you introduce me to that person? Do you know them? And then you ask that person. You're climbing like a ladder. You're climbing a ladder. You're, you know, you're growing and climbing. And that's why every book you read, every audio you read, every time you listen to Simon Chan's a podcast or Eric Worries or Rick, you're, it's like a step ladder, knowledge and skill, knowledge and skill, knowledge and skill. You're climbing that ladder, knowledge and skill. And the last question you ask somebody before you leave, you meet someone at Starbucks, you meet someone at a restaurant, you meet someone at a marketing event. This is the question. You run into someone at the grocery store. This is the question you ask them before you leave. Oh, Betty, it's nice to meet you. And this is what I'm going to ask you, Simon. When, when we get done with this interview and we're private, I always end it this way. How can I help you? Is there any way I can help you? You were put in this life to serve other people. Why were people put into uh, life? Why are we all here in life? They asked Albert Einstein that. They asked Jesus. We're here to serve one another. But you've got to be sincere about it. When I ask you, Simon, before we close, how can I help you? And you can tell me that later. How can I help you? Is there anything I can help you? You go out and do it. And you go above and beyond, right? Someone asked me, hey, Troy, I'd like to meet Eric Worre. I'd like to meet someone, or I'd like to meet someone. Who else can I introduce? You always ask the person, especially if they're helping you as well, how can I help you? We're here to give and go out and do it and, 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 and follow through on a timely manner. But that's the question you ask people. Hey, that was awesome. Hey, we have a couple other quick questions and we'll wrap up, okay? Okay. Um, how important is consistency to success? Well, the things that separates one person from another in life is consistency and, and, and uh, discipline, okay? And discipline is really a, a same word as consistency. You know, I know I've struggled with my weight. I've been up, at 215, uh, up to 215. I've been down to 182. And I usually go back 190, 182, 193, 185, one, you know, and I'm ha- hovering around 190. And it's because I have struggled with consistency when it comes to diet and exercise. And I think that anything in life is gonna be based on discipline and consistency. And the thing that's gonna make a difference between you, if you attend an event, and the thing that, you know, we don't go to church to find our faith. We go there to keep it, right? We go there, we don't go to church to find our faith. We go there to expand our faith, to keep our faith going. And so discipline and consistency that is going to be the one that separates you from another person. That even though you don't feel like going to the gym, you're tired. Even though you don't want to eat that healthy salad and your friends are eating a burgers and the other one's eating wings, you're going to order that salad even though they're having a beer. That's the, dis- that's the difference between you and someone else is discipline and consistency. That you have to be consistency. 
You have to be consistent and you have to be disciplined in that manner. And what's going to help you is your network is, I always tell me, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Get around smart people, get around. And if you can't get around smart people, get around people by listening to podcasts, reading books. That's what's going to keep you consistent and disciplined. If you want something new and different, go check out this group, Purpose Driven Networkers. It's the only group where you get to prospect with myself and other top leaders at least 15 times a week. You also get accountability. And if you're stuck and not sure how to reply back to prospects, then you get to send me screenshots of your conversations and I'll guide you on what to say. You also get access to over 180 different trainings that teach you everything from building your business on Instagram to prospecting LinkedIn to even more traditional methods of building such as doing home meetings or coffee shop meetings. It also has a five-step program that help you get your next customer or rep within 28 days. And most people get a lot, lot quicker than that. No other group in network marketing can give you this type of training coaching, and accountability combined. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Hey, thank you so much. I'm going to wrap up the show. Some quick questions to pick your brain, and these can be one-liners or one word, okay? So really okay, quick. Here we go. What is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? My six, uh, I would say as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another from Proverbs. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? I think the biggest habit is uh, studying success and being obsessed with success. What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Uh, the best pe- piece of advice is to keep God close to you and pray to him like he's your best friend. Talk to, talk to God like you're talking to, to a friend when you're praying. What's a prospecting tool you will recommend? If someone's a qualified prospect, what do you recommend? What, what's, what's your favorite way? Do you send a video? Do you should do a phone or Facebook ATM? What do you like? Yeah, I like ATM. I like to pe- tell people I have a business that I run entirely on social media. What's your favorite app on your phone that's not a social media app? Oh, my favorite app that's not a social media app. I would say YouTube is by far because I like to learn from uh, people on it that teach. What are two or three books you would recommend? Uh, I love Your Best Life Now from Joe Olstein. Uh, I like The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And number one is the Bible. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Let's rock. So imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So your contact list was zero. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to find prospects and build a network marketing business from scratch? Well, I think the best place to go to is with like-minded people. And I think that, you know, if, if you're a teacher, I join teacher groups because you can identify with them loving their job, but maybe they have some struggles. If you're a police officer, you might love your job, but you're away from home working odd hours. I would get into a space that you enjoy, that you're comfortable with, that you'll have fun with, that you have things in common with. And I think you'll be able to make the biggest impact on life um, where, where you're comfortable and what you're, you know, what you know the most about. Thank you so much. As we wrap up any last words or advice, and then what's the best way listeners can connect with you? Yeah, you can find me, uh, Troy Landwehr on social media. You can find me, uh, Instagram and Facebook on time with Troy time with Troy. And, uh, I hope to interview you, Simon. 
uh, soon because you, you're a wealth of knowledge. Um, but that you can reach out to me there and, and I love to help people. So if there's anything I can do, you can private message me on Instagram or uh, at Time with Troy or on, uh, or on Facebook. And, uh, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that always be learning, you know, always be trying to get better is that, um, you know, it, it's a slow growth. You're not going to lose 10 pounds in one workout, but study it, whatever industry you're in. OK, whatever industry you're in. Find people that are in that industry, not just your company, but are in that industry that are the best in the industry and be obsessed with studying their success. And that success leaves clues and mirror. Tony Robbins is all about mirroring, Simon, is that if you study successful people and mirror what they're doing, you're going to have what they have eventually. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you may hang out with Troy Landwehr. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com, click on the podcast tab and the show notes or the nuggets of wisdom or the links to Troy's profile. Go go follow him, check him out. This guy's a superstar, wealth of knowledge. Um, everything will be right there on the website. Go definitely check out Troy. Hey, in order to be successful in life, in business, and in network marketing, you must help others. So Troy, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you. Hey, ML Nation, do you ever struggle with consistency or worried about what, are you saying the wrong thing, what to say back to your prospects? Well, now you don't have to worry. Go check it out, BYOB. This is when I'm, you and I, we go together on Zoom, and I'll guide you word for word on what to say, and I guarantee you can get at least one interested prospect for your business, service, or products, by the end of the session. It's a ton of fun. Go check it out at mlnation.com forward slash BYOB. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan. Hey, let me know if you like that episode from Troy Landwehr. We're going to do a quick recap here. Uh, it's definitely very different from what we normally had. I wanted to bring on someone that had built a very successful business and um, earned, again, lifetime millions of dollars in commissions, but also consulting right now, talking about where the future of network marketing is headed to and why it's still the best profession, right? It talked about things that are not so good, but also why, hey, it why it's so awesome, why I'm loud and proud to be part of the network marketing profession is because, hey, you know what? It gives the average person, uh, someone like Troy, who never barely graduated from high school, didn't graduate from college, you know, the lifestyle and the success, even for me, a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York, to do the lifestyle that I have, right? It's because of the awesome profession that we have. You know, you talk about studying success, being coachable, I think really important. It's not about who you are. It's where you're going, right? It's like sometimes you come from a certain background. No, that's not the way I do it, but that's not coachable. It's being coachable, teachable, and adapting to what your team tells you, what successful people are doing. We spend a lot of time talking about the show, about timing, for the products. And I think, you know what? If you love what you're, if you love your company, what you're doing right now, that's awesome. So really double down on your efforts then, right? You got to stay consistent. You talk about the consistency and discipline is what separates successful and not successful. And Troy spends a lot of time studying success, studying success and realizing the things that we have to change in order to be that successful people are always growing, always learning right? Talk about how to find a mentor, the words to use. Who do you know that I should know? 
it always ends with how can you ask? How can you provide more value? How can you give value to someone? And even after the uh, show, we spent another 20, 25 minutes choice reaching, you know, finding ways, learning about what I'm doing, getting to know about my situation so that he can provide value to me. And that's what really a networker is. You know, show me your network and I'll show you a net worth. Constant going out there, being around people who are successful. I mean, I got so many pages of notes here uh, talking about how to keep your faith going to the events, right? How, oh, I'm peaking curiosity, but social media is so important. If you're not consistent with social media, hey, you need to get going or attend one of my social media workshops where I'll create the content, I'll help you get results. But that is the new way, right? You can do the old way, but if you're not doing the new way, you're not going to be successful uh, online because this is 2022. Things are changing. Talking about the Amazon, the different uh, opportunities, the different competitors. We're talking about Airbnb, the different things that your prospects are looking at. You got to adapt and change. And social media is one part of it, like doing stories, posting, doing reels, TikTok. You have to be Doing that because the world is changing. Your prospects are changing, right? So you got to change and adapt. And ultimately, it's all about the people growing yourself. I love the conversation. We're talking about the New England Pats, the American football team, Tom Brady, probably the greatest, I would say definitely the greatest football player of all time. How they're adapting, how they're always learning and growing, how they never stay stagnant. So I love this episode. I think it was one of the best ones we've had. Definitely something that you should listen to again. I'm going to go over my notes again. Really good stuff. Connect with Troy Landwehr. This guy's a stud. Um, the link are in the show notes page. So head over to mlnation.com. I put all the links where you can reach out to him, connect with him. And let me know if you like this. Subscribe, leave a review. Hey, that's how keeps lets people find the show, how we lift up the, lift up the podcast in front of all those rankings. And um, really let people know how awesome our profession is. Lift up the profession. Anyway, thanks again. Thanks again to Troy. Thank you for listening. I'm loud and proud. I'm saying this again to be this part of this amazing profession of great people like Troy here. And for you, let's go make it happen. Take action on what you learn and go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.